select John Moran at the top of Memphis's draft board here at 21, I'm told, Gonzaga's Brandon Clark. The Memphis Grizzlies select Jaron Jackson Jr. Bridge makes game, you hear me? And welcome into another episode of the Next Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Bryson Wright. And this week, we are joined by the host of Grizzly Spaces, one of my one of the best Twitter accounts you can follow on Grizz Twitter, and one of my close friends on Grizz Twitter and in this Grizz family that we've kind of built together. If you're not on Twitter yet, or you have Twitter and you don't follow me and EJ, you definitely should. We're going to be hosting Grizzly Spaces after every game. Uh, EJ, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. Uh, appreciate you allowing me on the space. I'm in on the podcast, man. Uh, really excited that you're getting this all started. And uh, shout out to the um, Grizzlies, Bears, Blues, and everything like that for uh, allowing you to be on this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And shout out to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. Be sure to like, follow, and like and follow everybody on Twitter at SB Nation Grizzlies and the entire podcast network here at SB Nation Grizzlies as well. Uh, but before we get started talking about kind of preseason, uh, which preseason is now only nine days away, which it really seems like this offseason has really just flown by. But before we kind of get into that, we do have the yearly NBA rankings that come out and although every year there's a lot of scrutiny around them I'll 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 stick with saying the good thing is five Grizzlies made the list right now they're where they are on the list is can be debated but I don't think we've ever had five Grizzlies on the list so I want to look at it like that first as as the good side we got Brandon Clark at 94 he wasn't ranked last year Dylan Brooks moved up a spot last year. He was 78 this year. He moved up to 77. Desmond Bain debuts on the list at 68, which I think that's probably the most egregious one. He should definitely be higher than that. But he wasn't ranked last year. So it's definitely shown that he's getting at least a little bit more respect. We got Jaron Jackson Jr. moving up from 71 to 53. And then this morning, they came out with the last one with Ja, who moved up 22 spots from number 31 to number nine. EJ, what what do you think about the rankings and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, it's great for our organization, for one, to have five names on the list. Um, very surprising. Uh, you kind of got uh, a six-man there uh, in the top 100. So uh, I think that's what stands out to me the most. Um, shout out to Brandon Clark, especially for that playoff performance, especially against the uh, the Timberwolves. Um, one of the things that still stands out to me for him is the seven rebounds uh, in the fourth quarter. And, and uh, I think it was maybe game four or five um, against the Timberwolves. So shout out Brandon Clark on getting in that list as a sixth man uh, of this team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, five grids, that's impressive. Uh, as me, as far as like where they're ranked and stuff, um, it doesn't too much affect me as a fan. You know, um, I you know I just want these guys to um, get their endorsement deals, get their money, and things like that. And I know it, um, these rankings kind of help that stuff out. So congratulations to all these guys and where they're ranked at. But uh, 
as far as me and personally is trying to defend them as where they should be ranked. And you're not gonna catch me on there uh on the page too much uh arguing with others. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way because I definitely I, I, I like to see where because it, it kind of shows you where the outside media is on these guys, which honestly I was surprised that Ja was at nine. I didn't expect him to be at nine. I was expecting him to be probably around like 12, 13, just because based on how they used to do the rankings, they usually don't. I feel like they don't let guys jump up that quickly. Like in the past, they have it. But I mean, I'm all here for it. I'm all here for the John Morant top 10 player in the league agendas. I'm all here for it. And then, yeah, obviously, Jaron and Desmond Bain probably should be a little bit higher. But I think just the fact that they have five players on the list. I, first time that's happened. I think Ja's the highest rank we've ever had. I think Mark Gasol was 10th one year. But I think Ja being ninth is the highest the Grizzlies have ever had. So that's something that's really interesting. And it's just like one of the things I talk about with this being kind of the next-gen podcast and everything is kind of the next-gen of the Grizzlies and how it seems like the respect is kind of getting there. So Whereas in the past, a guy like Brandon Clark, who plays the sixth or seventh man for the Grizzlies, they would never even consider him for the top 100. That wouldn't even be a question. But now here we are in 2022, and he's ranked number 94. So I think that that's probably the best takeaway I can take from it is just the overall respect. Uh, but yeah, moving on from that, because I don't want to spend too much time on that just because it's a little thing. Uh, preseason and training camp is coming up. I, I know you're excited for training camp. I'm excited for training camp. Uh, wh- what are some things you're looking for? I guess the first thing I talk about, who who are you thinking is going to play in preseason? Because I know last year, they uh, some guy, everybody played probably like two or three games and they kind of spread it out. I don't know if they'll do the same thing this year with Ja, just because I feel like he's at a different level of player than he was going into last season. But yeah, what are you thinking about who's going to play? Yeah, man. Um, I I fully expect everybody to to play. You know, games at least. Not to say every game, but they're gonna play. And um, you know how many minutes and things like that. We'll see. Um, but I do fully expect all these guys to be able to play. Um, usually, you know, you'll get your superstars that kind of rest or something like that. But I think Ja, uh, just coming into preseason last year, he came in with the focus of like. Uh, we're going to come out the gates like this. We're not going to try into the season. We're going to sprint into the season. And that's kind of what they did. Uh, you know, they played the the Bucks the very first preseason game last year. And that's who we got this season as well. And Ja had like three or four highlight dunks right out the gates in that game. So, yeah, um, I fully expect everybody to play. Um, probably maybe Ja and Bane probably sit a game or two. But uh, I'm definitely excited for it, and uh, and I think they'll come in with the same mindset again, uh, trying to pr- not really just prove something, but just coming out the gate sprinting and not con- coming in like a days of core or anything like that. So, um, and then training camp too, man. Uh, next week, I think training camp starts next week. So yeah, training camp starts excited. the 27th. So that's five days away from now, as we're man. recording this. So. The, the season's really here. But, yeah, I agree. I think everybody's going to play a little bit. I think we'll see a little bit. I, I think they kind of showed us what they like to do last season and then with the Summer League 
like what they did with Zaire, where Zaire would play one game and then he wouldn't play and then he would play like and kind of go back and forth. I think we'll probably see something like that with Ja and Bain. And then I think we're going to see a lot of reps for Zaire and we're going to see a lot of reps for the rookies. And I think that's the those are probably the two things that I'm looking forward to the most going into the preseason, just just to see some of the players that we probably aren't going to get to see as much in the regular season. One being, I, we got to talk about him because I feel like that's your guy, Kenneth Lofton Jr. What what are you excited about coming from him in this preseason? Oh man, uh, you know the the one tweet from the um from draft night. Everyone's gonna pay, so uh, I I just expect him to come into training camp and this off season with that same bully ball mindset. Um. You know, that's kind of his brand. He he actually sells that type brand and everything, bully ball. So, um, and he says everyone's going to pay. I say everyone's going to pay. Even our own is going to pay. Uh, so he's definitely going to be putting in work during training camp. Uh, the Steven Adams, the Brandon Clarks, the Santi Adamas, all those guys, they're going to be matched up with them. And, uh, and David Roddy's, all of them. So I hope they're all ready for him. Uh, and I like that though. It's gonna be homegrown, you know. It's gonna be in house, and uh, I think these guys are gonna get at it. But uh, as you talk about the rookies for the preseason, though, um, you know, I I love Kenneth Lofton Jr., but I also ha- you know kind of have to put, peel back a little bit on you know other guys that we do have and everything like that. And uh, I mean, David Roddy, in my opinion, is probably coming into it right now is probably the the rookie that I think is most ready for some minutes um but that's solely just based off of what we've seen in um in the summer league and things like that um so that's number one and then hopefully you know Jake Laravia he's definitely gonna get plenty of plenty of opportunities to be able to stretch the floor um I think that's what we drafted him to be a, a stretch shooter uh, alongside Bain and Ja. Um, he won't be a starter per se, but still he could be out there and stretch the floor easily. And he's also a very good distributor. So I think those two things from him is going to showcase in this in the preseason. So looking forward to David Roddy and uh, Jake Laravia for sure this preseason. Yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about them as well just because I feel like all of these rookies are going to get a ton of minutes uh, Jake LaRavia, I know a lot of people were a little bit – they were a little concerned with his summer league performance, they feel like. But I, it, I feel like it wasn't necessarily that he was bad. He just didn't get enough opportunities maybe to shoot the ball. And I think he did still affect the game in other ways on defense. He had some steals. He had some blocks and stuff like that. And I think that just playing with Ja and then even playing with Ty is just a pure point guard. He's going to get so many open looks with that second unit. So I'm not worried about him. I, I think if, if he's getting open looks, that's the one thing I'm not worried about is his shooting. I We know that he can shoot the ball. He shot over 38% from three at Wake Forest his last season. So we know that he can shoot the ball. If you've seen his highlights, that, that's the one thing that I'm not worried about coming from him. So I think he'll figure that out. And then with David Roddy, I think that he just has so much potential, especially as he kind of – I feel like he's still kind of growing into his body and still kind of getting he's he's a little bit slimmer now than he was when they drafted him 
which I think is going to help him because I think he's going to have to play the three a lot, which maybe he was a little bit too big to play the three, I think, coming in. But I think now that he's kind of slimmed down and he's a little bit more toned, and I think it's going to help him athletically. It's going to help him with his foot speed. And I I think that's going to be the big thing. And then on offense, that dude – that dude has a bag. <laughs> like he, he's he's got a bag that he can get into. Uh, if you watched him at Colorado State and some of those highlights, you rarely see a six eight dude that'll hit you with the tween tween hezzy in the mid range. <laughs> it's like you don't you don't see that a lot. I was like, okay, okay. So I I'm excited for him. Uh, and then just to kind of round out the rookies too, uh, Kennedy Chandler. I'm excited for Kennedy Chandler as well in preseason and then kind of what you were talking about training camp as well, because when they asked Ja, they said, uh, which rookie are you most excited to cook? And he said, Kennedy Chandler. So it's like he, he that's he's thinking the same way as iron sharpens iron, all that kind of stuff. I think that just him going against Ja, Ja going against him every day is going to help him, because even though Kennedy Chandler might not, he, he's not like an elite point guard or anything. That dude is quick, and he's not easy to stay in front of. He's not easy to defend. So if you can find a way to guard Kennedy Chandler off the dribble, I think that you can you can guard a lot of guys off the dribble because that, that dude is one of the quickest dudes I've ever seen. That first step is insane. But, yeah, I'm very excited for Kennedy Chandler, Tennessee guy. I, I know uh, EJ is not going to like that. We got a big game coming up this weekend. He's a Florida fan. But uh, Tennessee guy, I, I got to watch him a lot last season. And was really impressed by the way that he kind of stood up in big games, and I think I think that's something that we're gonna keep seeing this year. Uh, probably not gonna play a ton in the regular season, along with Kenneth Lofton Jr. I think both of those guys are probably gonna be on the hustle a lot during the regular season. They'll probably go back and forth, but I, I'm very excited for I'm very excited to see what they're gonna do in preseason, and I think that he's gonna have success in preseason, especially on those games, like I said, when Ja isn't playing and he's going to get a lot more minutes or maybe even Tice isn't playing, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some all-rookie lineups in the preseason too, just just throw it out there. So I'm very excited just to see the kind of stuff that they're going to be doing. Man, the all-rookie lineup. I mean, we did uh, – we drafted four and uh, picked up an undrafted in Kenny Lofton, so it wouldn't – be the most craziest lineup for a preseason game that's for sure but uh for Kennedy Chandler for sure uh you know the things that I think he should work on or uh just get better at is um you talked about like his speed and everything but kind of just uh changing his pace though like pacing himself in the NBA um you know we talk about forming a mid-range or a floater or something like that. I think sometimes he gets moving a little too fast and, and it won't allow him to slow up for a floater or anything. So just learning how to probe and, and be a, a guard in the league, um, I think that's what he's going to be doing this preseason training camp and also throughout the season, whether it's with the hustle or, you know, just in practices and everything like that and, and seeing some floor minutes um, with the Grizzlies if a, a jaw or a Tyus is out of game or so. Um, also with him uh, so far to me, it's on ball defense. And uh, I think, you know, as he gets stronger and everything like that, he'll continue to be a, a very good on ball defender. So that's where he's going to be able to get minutes this year. 
um, if he were to be called up to the Grizzlies or, you know, over there, uh, you know, kind of just going on road games and learning. Um, so, yeah, defense is where he's going to make his bread and butter this season for sure. And uh, causing turnovers and everything like that, especially losing uh, Anthony Melton and Kyle Anderson. Uh, those guys helped us lead the league in uh, steals, blocks, um, along with Jaron Jackson Jr. And losing those two is going to be very key. So uh, hopefully I don't expect it right away or maybe even uh, all this season, but <clears throat> hopefully Kennedy Chandler can help us out in that department of the steals and blocks. Uh, yeah, I think that he definitely can. Maybe not, like you said, maybe not this season. But watching him last year, he he was really good at getting steals, especially on the ball like you were talking about. So I think we'll definitely see uh, more of that. And then kind of moving on from the rookies to some of the guys that were on the team last year, Who who what returning Grizzly do you want to see the most from going into this preseason? Um, I think, you know, most would probably say Zaire, of course. Um, everybody knows the leap that he's going to be taking and showing already throughout the um, the summer league and kind of just working. He, he ran some camps with kids all summer out in uh, where he's from and everything out in California. So shout out to him, uh, along with Bain and everybody else that's done a lot of community work this year. Yeah, I meant this offseason. Um, but, yeah, um, Santi Aldama, man. I think Santi is, is you know, being the number 30th pick um, in the 2021 draft, um, you know, kind of getting picked right where Bain was. He, you know, it's, it's kind of bad for him in a way to be picked exactly where Bain was and the way that Bain. So, uh, you know, some people are going to say, well, he didn't get the leap that Bain had. Well, you know, the Bain leap is – is is a leap that we haven't seen before. So uh, to expect that out of Santi Aldama is ludicrous in a way, but hopefully we see a big leap um, for sure. And I think he will um, step up big this year. Uh, we kind of have a hole to fill at the four, possibly, you know, how long Jack Jaron is out. We still, you know, we still have our speculations here and there how long he'll be out. But um, Santi will definitely be getting plenty of minutes um, while he is out. And even when he does come back, uh, hopefully he can be able to help stretch the floor because uh, he's a tall, he's a tall, big, but, um, you know, he's not really a paint worker. But I do believe that that's his strength, though. I think he should work inside out. Um, I think that's what they should key on in the uh, – in the training camp and in the preseason is work him inside out because that's where he's going to feel most comfortable. And you have to get him comfortable early because as we've seen, if he gets rattled early and not playing too well, uh, it gets really bad. So um, just trying to get his confidence and everything down, that's what I'm looking forward to most out of the guys that we have on the roster already coming into the next season. Yeah, I, I like that with Santi Aldama for sure because we saw what he can do last season at times. I think the two big games that I'll point to were the Thunder game where he had the highest plus minus in NBA history, I think, which that game was kind of fluky just in general. But he fin he had 18 and 10 in that game, I remember. 
And then the game at the end of the season against the Suns last year where none of the Grizzly starters plus Tyus Jones didn't play, and they were starting DeAnthony Melton at point guard, and they still beat the team that ended up getting the one seed about two weeks before the playoffs. And I think those are probably his two best games. And then, like you said, he has to work inside out. I think we saw that in the summer league when he tried to – when he tried to go to the outside to start and tried to shoot threes, he had a really bad game in one of those summer league games. And it was like, wow, this dude was a first round pick. And then the very next game, he had a 30 point double double. So it's it's one of those things where I think you're going to have to get him established early, get get him the ball inside, like you said. Uh, and I, I think that he's going to have to contribute this year, at least a little bit when Jaron's not. It's until Jaron gets back, which, like you said, Jaron, I don't know. It's really hard. It's really hard with him because I could see him coming back before Thanksgiving, and I could also see him coming back mid-December. It's like it's not really clear just because of the timeline. But regardless, we know he's not going to play in preseason. So in preseason, I want them to put Santi Aldama in the situations they're expecting him to be for at least the first couple weeks of the regular season, whether that is playing the four instead of the five, like I think he's used to playing the five mostly. So maybe getting him used to playing the four a little bit more. I know they played him a little bit with Xavier Tillman in the, uh, in the summer league as well. I think kind of to prepare him for that, but yeah, very excited for Santi Aldama. I I, I would have gone with Zaire, but I, I'm going to go with John Conchar. I need to see John Con what how John Conchar is going to look this season because he is going to be a big part of this team because we talked about it a little bit. DeAnthony Melton is gone. We're going to need somebody who can step into that role. And based on what we've seen, it's looking like they're expecting John Conchar to do that. And the thing about John Conchar is he's he's a really good shooter. His his defense isn't necessarily up to par. I think that's the one thing, but he he can't he's not a horrible defender. He's not as good of a defender as DeAnthony, but he I don't think he's a completely horrible defender. And I think that's gonna be the thing that he, he needs to focus on. And that's what I really want to see is how is he gonna look defensively in the seventh man spot just because he's gonna play so many more minutes than he did last year, and he's gonna have to and he's probably gonna have to play minutes in the postseason this year too. Compared to his last season, I don't think he had any relevant minutes in the postseason besides maybe some garbage time minutes in some blowout games. So I I think it's going to be really important to see what he does. I, I would like to see him work on his defense and then his shooting from outside of the corner. The corner threes are are awesome. I want to see if he can hit those above the break threes as well. Maybe some shots from the elbow and then maybe a little bit more off the dribble game a little bit. I mean, he's not going to be needing to do that often, but like just to show that you can do it. If they're selling out on a closeout that you can at least attack a closeout, whether it's to score or whether it's just to get another kick out to somebody else, just a little bit more of like how he looks in the flow of the offense. But I think he's going to be a big part of this season, and I think for the preseason, he's one of the guys that I'm looking for to just look a lot better than he did last season. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Jitty man for the um, Nike contract that he just got, um, uh, footwear and apparel. So 
Uh, I can't wait for some dunk shot ones or some jitty ones, something to come out. Or <laughs> yeah, even, we need that. Uh, we need that for some sure. gear or anything like that. But uh, yeah, man. Um, Conchar, he's a he's a pretty good shooter. If you look at the percentages, you'll be like, eh. But um, I think he just had a really really bad stretch at one point during the season, and then it it kind of fired back up in a way for his three point shooting. So um, I think he'll be all right in that department. Uh, I think the the key to uh, Conchar, in a way, is there were some times where we would have to rely on maybe a Bane or a Melton to run run the offense a little bit. Um, like Tyus may have been out, or they'll uh, have Tyus even off ball a little bit. So um, I'm, I'm looking for Conchar to be a, a ball handler a little bit too. Um, last summer in the summer league when Bain and him were playing, uh, he handled a lot of the ball handling role as well. A lot of people remember Bain doing it, but also remember John Conchar doing it. And he did it a couple of times last year as well for us, uh, you know, late in games, if, you know, if it was a blowout or anything like that. So uh, I think he, he's going to have some ball handling um, and some, uh, some playmaking uh, roles this year. And I think he'll showcase that in the preseason as well. And I think he'll actually have a lot of on-ball duty um, in the preseason, especially if Ja or Bain is not playing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then I know I did mention Zaire for a second, but I think we do need to go ahead and talk about him a little bit. Just based on what I saw in Summer League, I really want to see him focus on getting to the mid-range during the preseason just because I feel like if you can do it when there's no pressure on you, it makes it easier later in the season and later into the postseason. So I want to see him do a lot more of that off-the-dribble stuff that he did in the summer league, a lot more in the mid-range and stuff like that. And it's going to be interesting. I, he he might start. Do you think do you think Zaire Williams is going to start at the beginning of the season? Because that, that's kind of what I'm looking at. I do want to uh, before before we get done, I do want to give like our predictions for the starting five with without Jaron and then also the starting five and maybe the rotation when Jaron comes back kind of before we close. But I, I think that he's probably going to end up starting at the beginning of the season just because I don't know if they have anybody else that can play the four. He's probably going to end up playing the three and I think they might play Dylan at the four to start the season. So I, I don't know. What, what are you thinking about that, EJ? Uh yeah, man. We uh, you know, we we chopped it up on a space um earlier in the off season, kind of talking about it. Um, the four position has been the talk of the off season around everywhere. Um, uh, and I think uh, Mister Sane with y'all, um, he actually wrote about um Dylan kind of starting and uh playing the four and Zaire playing the three. So um, uh, and I I want to shout out uh. Vontae, I think his Twitter ad is oh, Vontae. Uh He actually was the first one to kind of bring it to my attention in this space um, that we probably should look at Ja, Bang, Zaire, uh, Dylan, and Steven Adams. And uh, Dylan to play the four position, uh, we seen it against the Timberwolves in the playoffs. He, he played against Cat a few times uh, down the stretch, and he played very well against Cat. Uh, so I feel confident that Dylan Brooks can fill in that role. Now, how long and in the games that he can hold up at the four, we'll see. But 
I mean, you got your Zions and your uh and your Giannis and, and guys like that uh at the power forward position. And you don't want him to be guarding guys like that, but we'll see how it goes uh with Jaron out. Um, but Zaire, yeah, I think Zaire will start the season, like you said, at the three. Um, and really I just think the the ball handling role that he took on this summer, I think more than anything, not it wasn't to really make him a playmaker. And uh, as you say, as a mid-range shooter, but really just getting him comfortable in finding spots on the floor, find, getting to his spots on the floor comfortably. Hey, let me, uh, like you said, with uh, Dave Verratti, um, the twin-twin dribble, things like that. Like, what what kind of combo do I need to get to so I can get to my, my shooting spot and my sweet spots? So I think that's going to help him, and I think it's going to uh, carry on in the season. Um, that he's gonna, you're gonna see a lot of hot spots for uh, Zaire Williams, and it, if you start looking at his shot chart, uh, you're gonna start discovering a lot of things with him this year, and it's gonna be very, very interesting. Yeah, his shot chart is gonna look a lot different this year than it did last season. Last year, it was mostly catch and shoot threes, most a lot of them in the corner, which he was automatic from the corner. And then just throughout the season, he got better and better as a three-point catch-and-shoot player, which he's definitely going to still do a lot of that this year, playing next to Ja. And then saying whenever Jaron comes back, if he's moved out of the starting lineup and back to the bench, even playing with Tyus Jones. I think it's just just when you think about when your two point guards that you are going to be playing with are Ja Morant and Tyus Jones, it just opens up the entire floor. So I, I think whether he starts or come off, comes off the bench, he's going to have so many opportunities to just be great <laughs> because they're not going to be worried about him a lot of the time. They're going to be worried more about Ja, Bain, and then Jaron when he comes back. So if you throw a lineup with Ja, Bain, Jaron, Zaire, and Steven Adams out there, I mean, we saw it last year as a starting lineup. It's one of those things where Z- Zaire kind of gets forgotten about, but if he if he takes the jump that I think he's capable of taking this year, it's it's gonna be scary. It's it's gonna be scary out here. So uh, and, there's, and there's one more guy that's gonna really really help out Zaire if he is in that starting lineup, and he helps out everybody on the floor, and he doesn't get the credit around the league. We give him the credit here in the fan base, but around the league he doesn't get the credit, and that is Stephen Adams, man. That guy will open up a ocean for anybody on the floor, whether it's Bane, uh, you know, um, setting up for a catch and shoot three or even running off a back screen or anything like that. Uh, Steven Adams opens those up. So I think he's going to help out Zaire in a way as well, as long as we focus on uh, running him off of Steven Adams screens or uh, in the Steven Adams vicinity of the play. Yes, yes. Steven Adams definitely deserves a lot of credit. I, I And when you look at just the jump that Ja made, because obviously Jonas Valanciunas is a great player, and I'll always have love for Jonas for the way he played for the Grizzlies. He played his heart out. But Steven Adams does more of kind of like the dirty work and doesn't necessarily command the ball as much as Jonas does. And I think that's what we saw. And I think that was the main reason why we saw jumps from Ja and Bain, because it went from all right, we got to make sure Jonas gets his post-ups, which when he got his post-ups, he was great. So I'm not complaining about it. It's just a different style of player. 
But then Steven Adams is a better screener, a better offensive and defensive rebounder and stuff like that. And I think that really is what the Grizzlies needed more. And then I think you got to give him a lot of credit for Ja getting up to 27 a game and for Bang getting up to 18 a game last year. Because it wasn't just like the on-ball screens. It was also just him clearing out space in the paint on the jaw drives, whether it was just boxing somebody out so that they couldn't contest jaw on a layup or whether it was getting an offensive rebound and kicking it out to Desmond Bain, which I'm like, I'll have to look at the stats to make sure, but I'm pretty sure Desmond Bain shot over 50% from three off of Steven Adams kickouts. So it's one of those things where just having him on the floor and having somebody that's so consistent on the court at all times is just going to help the Grizzlies so much. And I think that's something that really does kind of get overlooked in that last series in the playoffs is that Steven Adams didn't play. Not that I'm not saying that Steven Adams playing would have completely changed the outcome of the series, but I know that it it makes the games at least a little bit more tougher, uh, a little bit more difficult. So I'm excited for him this season. Uh, We'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure this is his last year on his deal. So we'll see what they kind of do after that. But regardless of what they do after that, uh, I'm very excited for what he's going to be doing for the team this year. And I think I think he might be the most underrated player on the Grizzlies just overall. You you could maybe argue for Zaire, but I think I think it's Steven Adams just because around the league, like you said, I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves as the strongest player, the strongest player in the NBA. And then if you look at the advanced stats, the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, too. And I think those are just two things that just I mean, the Grizzlies had they just had more possessions than other teams last year. A lot of times it wasn't even that they shot the ball way better than the team they were playing. But it's like you look up and you have 10 offensive rebounds and you force 17 turnovers and you've only turned the ball over 12 times. Well, now you've you've had 20 more possessions than the other team has. So even if you shoot the same percentage, that's why you saw some of those blowouts last year. So, yeah, I think Steven Adams is a big thing. uh, Big part of the Grizzlies this season, big part of their success last season and going forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him this season as well. Uh, But before we go to the end, I do want to see. So we, we talked about the starting five. I think we have the same prediction for the starting five Uh, whenever Jaron is out, which I'd say Ja Bain, Zaire, Dylan and Steven Adams. Dylan at the four might be. It's probably going to be matchup based. Obviously, I don't think he's going to play the four if we're playing against the Bucks, or if we're playing against the Lakers and they play Anthony Davis at the four. He's not going to play the four then. But when you look at a team like last year, uh, like I'll go to the Timberwolves, they play Jared Vanderbilt a lot at the four. If it's Jared Vanderbilt, yeah, like throw Dylan at the four. I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem with that. And then if if they are playing somebody that's like an Anthony Davis or Giannis that's going to be like when you have those guys it's going to be difficult to guard them regardless but I think that's where not having Jaron would hurt you a lot luckily they don't play I I don't think they play any of those kind of like big big power forwards just at the beginning of the season uh maybe they'll have a little bit of trouble with like Franz Wagner on the Magic but it's still like overall I think they have a better team than the Magic I don't think he's one of those guys that's gonna like just come out and go crazy and then you're gonna see the Knicks with Julius Randle I'd be fine with Dylan Brooks on Julius Randle so there's a lot of teams where 
I think he can play the four. And then kind of on the bench, I think the first three guys off the bench, we know it's going to be Tyus, and we know it's going to be Brandon Clark. And I think that third spot, well, I know in the regular season they might go 10 deep, so we can ask some more. But I think it'll be David Roddy and Jake LaRavia. Those are going to be the last two guys that are probably going to be in the every night rotation. And then we'll see what happens with maybe some of the other rookies. But those are the guys that I would look for as, like, the nine kind of core guys on the team. Yeah, and uh, John Conchar as well coming off that bench, uh, yeah. as we already talked about. Um, and, and really just to, it, once Jaron does get back, uh, I think, you know, the tricky question will be, do you start Zaire at three? Or do you start Dylan at the three? And do you start to move Dylan to the bench? So I think that talk will be getting interesting depending on how things are looking uh, until Jaron comes up, you know. So uh, we we had a big portion last year where Zaire did start at the three. We didn't have Dylan Brooks. Um, and it was even a question brought up back then when Dylan came back. Uh, do we bring them off the bench or do we start them? Uh, we started them right away. So uh, that got uh, erased pretty quickly. But I think this year it's going to be even it's going to be even more noise about that. Um, and really, it's just for the fact like uh, Dylan is also going into a contract year. How does the Grizzlies see him? Do they see him as somebody they're going to try to keep and bring back for an extension, uh, offering him an extension or try to resign him straight up? Um, so it's going to be a lot of questions around that once that time comes around. It's going to be very, very interesting, man. Um, but as far as I think right now, I probably would go with Dylan. Um, just for the fact, you know, defensive prowess, uh, veteran, things like that. And hopefully it's just he buys in this year. Um, I think he needs to look deep inside as well and from the outside. Like, if I don't get this uh, contract from the Grizzlies again uh, where he is my next team and also what is my next role and he has to show that uh, so he might have to show that he 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 will accept the six man role so like I said it's going to be very very interesting once uh, Jaron does come back but Job Bain uh, Jaron and Steven Adams would definitely be in that starting lineup uh, the big question mark how, how well is Zaire going to look up until that point and what kind of role has um, Dylan Brooks bought into with this team? So, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be some fun fun topics to talk about uh, throughout the season. Yeah, and then yeah, with Zaire and Dylan, I th- that's a tough decision because I, I I think Dylan is a better player right now. Like right now, if you just want to go best five, you got to put Dylan Brooks out there. But when you look at the way that he plays, he honest like I think that offensively he would be better off the bench to kind of be like the number one option in a bench role. But defensively, they need him in the starting lineup. So just going from like a defense first mindset kind of that they had last year, I'm expecting Dylan Brooks is going to start. Not that Zaire is like a bad defender. I think Zaire has a lot of potential on the defensive end and is already a pretty solid defender. And when you look at the fact that he's still growing 6'9", 6'10", long arms, he's got quick feet. Like, he can be a really good defender in this league. But Dylan is just a better defender right now, and I think that's what they're going to go with. Uh, Maybe if we were talking about in 
two or three years, I think it would be it might be Zaire. But right now, I think it's 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 going to be Dylan, and then yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the off season. But regardless of they keep him, I think that he he's going to be a big part of this year, and then we can talk about next year whenever next year happens. But just for this season, he's going to be really important for everything uh, that the Grizzlies are trying to do in pursuit of trying to be contenders, trying to get that first championship in Memphis. Uh, but yeah, EJ, thank you for coming on. Before you go, just let the people know uh, where they can find you, where they can follow you, and everything like that. Yeah, man. Um, at Spaces Grizzlies, um, that's the the Grizzlies Spaces account I run off of. Uh, shout out to you, Bryson, for even getting all that started for sure, and uh, allowing me to kind of uh, roll with it in your busy times. Um, and also uh, at EJ Two K Nineteen. That's my personal account. Uh, I'm not on there too much. Just, you know, shout out to my Gators, though. You know, that's what I mainly talk about on there. Uh, big rivalry this weekend. with uh, as But, uh, yeah, y'all can find me there. And uh, very, very excited for this new season. Um, um, expecting big things. Hopefully we get some – hopefully we can get a player or something come come through the space and uh, chop it up with us for a little while and uh, uh, come speak with the fans for a little bit. But uh, expecting another crazy year. Hopefully we won't do too much. In our spaces, we don't do too much trolling. Um, You know, I know a lot of spaces get really, really murky and ugly and toxic, but uh, we keep it clean over here. And and we just try to – uh, pump in some positivity into our players and our organization. So uh, shout out to Zach Kleiman, shout out to Ta- uh, Coach Taylor Jenkins and the front office, everything they're doing, Robert Pereira. And uh, shout out to you, Bryson, and uh, uh, Mr. Parker uh, going into his very first season as the um, site manager. This is going to be his first full season as site manager. So shout out to him as well. Yep, yep. Shout out Parker. Shout out shout out the entire front office as well. Uh I can't believe that you just did Florida propaganda on my podcast. I might have to take that part out. But <laughs> uh I I me and EJ are gonna have, be talking a lot of trash this week. But uh like I said earlier, it's all love. Shout out to EJ. Uh, I couldn't have picked a better person to kind of take the spaces to the next level. I feel like just everything that you've done with the Spaces account and all that has just been awesome. And it's really just helped grow the community even more. And just to, bigger than I ever thought when I first made a space randomly at 11 o'clock on October, uh, last October, after I think the Trailblazers game, we got blown out. But uh, yeah, just awesome with all of that stuff. And shout out to everybody that listened to the podcast today. Like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at BrysonWright3 and make sure that you're following the podcast network, listening to the other podcasts like Core 4, uh, GBB Live, The Starting Five, the new Grizzly Bear Bets podcast is coming out uh, this season too. So be sure to keep uh, keep your eye out for all of that stuff. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you on, on the next episode. Thank you for listening.